It's the Sleepers Podcast Back Home Edition. I'm back from Florida. You probably can't tell because I'm in a dark basement with a ring light, but I'm a little tan. Like I'm the tannest I've ever been in my life, which is saying a lot. Like I went from pure white to like that little peach color that you can get in the Crayola box. I feel good about it. And Cartel is back from Turks and Caicos where I saw a lot of footage of this man at a pool bar missing shots, but also taking shots. So it's good to see your face, my friend. Man, definitely. I'm so happy to be back home. Big detox in full effect. I've had seven liters of water today. Uh, I plan on drinking about nine, uh, probably about eight to 10 liters of water a day moving forward. Uh, probably not drinking until late March. Uh, just going to find myself and really be a great person. But Unreal honeymoon. Pool bar is the greatest shit ever. If I ever make it big and wealthy, I'm getting a pool just to get a pool bar in my house. Like that is happening. Sex on the beaches, all that. Mojitos need all of that. So you did text me like, I think this was the third day of our collective trips because I feel like we left around the same time. Yeah. Uh, you texted me the third night and we're like, gee, I need you help. And I was like, what's good? It was like 11. And I just so happened to be the drunkest that I was on my trip when you texted me this. So it was good timing. Uh, but <laughs> word for word, you said, am I supposed to get drunk every day on my honeymoon? I feel like I'm struggling right now. And my answer was, you are supposed to get drunk every day on your honeymoon, but just don't get to the point where it affects you the next morning. You can't be hurting on your honeymoon. So did you execute that plan? Uh, I did, except for one day. There was one day where I woke up and I was absolutely hurting. Was, but it, it, was, was not... it the strip club day? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was that day. Do we? Can we talk about the strip club day on Sleeper's podcast or no? Uh, maybe, I mean, maybe wife, another pod. wife was there. Wife yeah, was there. but no, but like it's it's a whole other thing that you don't even you don't even get it. Just know I was hurting the next day. Okay, all right. Uh, good to know. I'm sorry if I spoiled any secrets there. Uh, can we do a mental health check for me right now? Also, is that okay? Yeah, let's do it. So I'm coming off our first varsity basketball game. For those that don't know, I'm an assistant coach at a local high school team in the Kalamazoo area. Uh, we're supposed to be nasty. Like we bring a bunch of dudes back from a team that was 18 and two last year. We're like ranked in the area for the first time ever since I've helped out with the school. And three of our five starters were either suspended or academically ineligible for the first night. We played our crosstown rival and got ran out the gym is bad, but like it was expected because we played like three freshmen that aren't even on the varsity team because we had to. So I am drinking a Miller Lite on a Tuesday night, which I don't do very often, but it's a sad Miller Lite. Uh, and even more sad than that, I'm eating cold chicken nuggets that my wife microwaved for me an hour ago before we started recording these podcasts. And they've just been sitting out and they're cold and they're gross. And now I'm eating them on camera while recording a podcast that you're listening to right now. Those nuggets probably taste like if your wife was sitting in the opposing student section, if you lost by 45. Which did happen. God, we're we're off to a bang. We are just exposing each other's secrets right now. Yeah, hey, but we're, hey, but G, G, G. All right. There's a lot of bad right there. But just so you know, we are back from vacation. With a <laughs> we, bang. Are, we are back. We are back and we are rolling. Okay. I don't have any wedding planning coming up. I found my one. This is for L. This is for life. 
no more planning. I'm all in on the goddamn crescent moon basketball. I wish I could do it with my hands, but I am in and we are working. Yeah, it's work time, I say, with a mouthful of chicken nuggets. Uh, and we have a couple great interviews. We're actually recording one for next week that we're doing later this week. Big Ten player, current player from a ranked team. We'll tease that. Interview with a Big Ten Network analyst, Rafael Davis, who played at Purdue. We talk about the number one team in the country later on this episode. So, yeah, we are back, Cart. And, uh, you know, you mentioned you want a pool bar one day. You mentioned you need some money to get a pool bar. You know how you could get some money, Cart? How can I, Greg? Through our friends at Dimers. Dimers Dimers.com, to be exact. Dimers has partnered with the Sleepers to provide some exclusive sportsbook offers all season long. If you see my Daily Picks videos, you see me in a Dimers hoodie. You see me linking to Dimers.com slash Sleepers. Not kidding, folks. You go to any of those links. There's like seven of them now. Points Bet just offered a new one where you can get a hoodie if you deposit 25 bucks or more through Points Bet. They'll just send you a free hoodie. It's a nice hoodie. I love it. It's maize and blue, honestly, for Michigan fans listening to this. It's a nice hoodie. So go do that. Go to dimers.com slash sleepers, deposit some money, make a bet, and then guess what, folks? Carter and I get a little moolah on the backside of that. And I'd greatly appreciate that because, again, this is my job now, and Carter wants a pool bar. And I'm just saying, like, you know, we're, we're giving you the bets. Greg is giving you heat on a daily basis. I'm only three throw, a day. Just, just throw, shut up. Just throw a little something in there, a little 25, a little 20 here. Just deposit a little cash in there. You'll have fun. Honestly, my wife just started betting on sports because I do it all the time, and she's just starting to love it. I mean, she actually messes around and wins a couple bets. I don't know how she picks off just basically like stuff she hears me say or players that look a certain way, but, you know, it works. So have a good time. Everyone's Everyone is betting on sports. If you aren't betting on sports, then honestly, stay far away from me. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, if you're not betting on sports, you're a lame loser. Okay. No, no, dead ass for real. You are like, what are you going to do? I have ESPN two on in the background watching Butler stink and they're just running scores across the bottom. Man city took a big L today. We both lost a little money on that one, but you know, the good news is that when I bet through dimers.com slash sleepers, they give me so many cool offers that I can lose a bet here and there. It doesn't even feel like I lost because they'll give me some promo codes, some free bets, some deposit matches. That could all be yours as well, folks. Dimers.com slash sleepers. Shout out, Dimers. We love you. All right, Cart. The nuggets are gone. The intro's done. The ad read's over with. Should we get into what the people want, the content from the sleepers? Yeah, it is. And I think it's time to have a discussion on the state of college basketball, Greg. Now, I'm going to say a phrase here. And you tell me if, it's, if I'm just out of control or if I'm, you know, maybe in the same ballpark, maybe in the same area you're thinking. Is college basketball mid as a whole? Well, a certain duo did just put out their major mid rankings. A mid oh, mid, you can oh and not only did we put it out, there was a lot of solidification to those rankings. Now, uh, I believe was Virginia number one in those rankings? Virginia was number two. Oh. Um, God, who am I forgetting that's number one? Oh, no, I got to look now. I, Butler, I thought Butler Virginia... was number three. No, Virginia was two, and then Virginia again was eight. <laughs> well, they're both moving. Oh, Maryland was one. Ma- yeah, Maryland should be one with the Mark Turgeon news. That's, that's true. Right. That's true. But if Maryland gets a win this week, then Virginia at two and eight are both going to be moving up, <laughs> and the Butler Bulldogs will be moving up as well. 
Yeah, I look, there's no way the people that chirped me are listening to this because they probably hate me. But there were these two specific Virginia fans that gave me shit that personally attacked me and said, I love the video when I did my 68 preseason predictions. One of the predictions was Virginia's a bubble team. And they were like, I really like this video, but I had to stop halfway through because when I heard Virginia's a bubble team, he lost all credibility. What an ignorant take. Like, mm. And then this other dude came over the top with like, yeah, this dude just doesn't know basketball. Yeah. Well, hey, guess hey. what, you idiots? Yep. Look at you hey. now. Greg, in the words of Rob Dalston, sup. <laughs> sup. Sup. Come on, man. Virginia's man, bad. Bro, we tried to tell him when we started the video, we did our overrated, underrated, whatever it was. I think Virginia started off the year like what? Uh, probably like in the the like 11 rank. No, was it was it that high? They were they were in the top 25. They were probably top 20. And I tried to tell you all Kihei Clark is not good. Reese Beckman, Beekman, not good. <laughs> Cedric, <laughs> not good. And I am about to begin a dialogue on Tony Bennett. Okay. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. yeah, I am. I am. That man is okay. Stick with me on this one. He's riding coattails of one little final four. All right. He's riding coattails. I'm telling you, he's Doc Rivers. He's riding off that Whoa. one title that he won with Boston. Okay. I'm so just saying. I no, I think I can get behind that because like, I can accept that, okay, I wouldn't want Doc Rivers as my coach, but at the same time, Doc Rivers is also like a perfectly acceptable NBA head coach. I, I just don't – I can't get behind a – okay, like I get it. Like it works that they are a great defensive team. That's what they – that's how they win basketball games. But at the same time, I can't get behind you going out there and trying to win basketball games when your team can't even score 40 themselves. It works when you can put together a competent basketball team, but you got to switch it up when you're trying to hold teams at 50 and you hold them to 50 while you score 40. That's how you lose. Like, how, yeah, am, I supposed I, to get behind, how am I supposed to get behind this Tony Bennett team? I, I can't imagine being a Virginia basketball fan is super fun. Even most years, like, unless Kyle Guy objectively was fun. Wherever Kyle Guy went, he was going to be fine. Like, let's Ty just draw that. Ty Jerome was fun. Yeah, those, those two were fun, and no matter where they went, they were going to be fun. But, like, any given year, I don't feel like Virginia would be fun to root for, to watch. Like it's It just, was really that one team, uh, if you think about it. Like, DeAndre Hunter was on that team. Uh, yeah. I, I, I personally like Jay Huff. So I, I give him credit because they did the whole lose to the 16 seed and then immediately follow that up with a vengeance title. That's one of the coolest things that's ever happened in college basketball to me. But, like, you're right. Like, Tony Bennett's looking a little suspect right now. The The scary part, Cart, is that Kihei Clark has actually been great. I looked up his numbers. He's, like, close to being a 50-40-90 guy right now. I think he's, like, 44% from the floor, 44% from three, and 90% from free throw. What's he averaging? Like, 13, I think. Hell no. I'm pretty sure. Here, I'll look it up. I'm on it right now. No, you go ahead. Please go on. Please. No, I'm just saying, like – it could get worse is what I'm saying for Virginia. Like Kihei Clark to me is not going to score like this all season long. And the fact that he has should be really intimidating to Virginia fans who are holding out any hope that this could just be a mirage. Like let's call it what it is. You just lost to James Madison. And I get James Madison is like not one of the worst teams in the country this year. They're like a mid level mid keyword, keyword mid. Uh, they're like a fine 
at large, like whatever, they, they'll probably win their conference. I don't know who else is in their conference, but like you lost to James Madison. You're fucking Virginia, and you lost to James Madison. Okay. Kia Clark is averaging 10, 2, and 4. I mean, 10 is basically 13 when you adjust it by the Kihei Clark standard. Okay. <laughs> okay, so we've exhausted that Virginia's bad. Uh, they were in my daily picks today because, honestly, I thought Tony Bennett would have some more self-respect than to lose to James Madison, but that's never going to happen again. I promise you that. We will not be betting on Virginia again this season. But, Cart, when we talk about the whole college basketball landscape being down a little bit, I don't think we're talking about Virginia because we knew Virginia was going to be bad. And there's a lot of mid-level mid teams that we knew were going to be mid, but I'm starting to think the top teams in the country aren't even that good. So I'm saying that's why we went out and we brought in the one dude to talk about the one team that's been elite up until this point, And that's the Boilermakers. Well, okay. Before we go to the Purdue conversation with Ray Fell, which was fantastic, by the way, uh, can we like, let, let's just rattle off some other contenders that like we thought were number one teams that don't look that good right now. Like starts with Gonzaga, right? Yeah. Gonzaga, Gonzaga for sure. Uh, but is not, Gonzaga's vulnerable right now. They are. And also not me personally, but I'm here to take a mini victory lap on Villanova. I told you, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. I told y'all, bro. That's what I'm saying, man. Talking about Con Gillespie, this Con Gillespie, that shut the hell up, man. Everyone talking about why'd you take Jay Nivy over Con Gillespie? Why the hell would I not? To be one fair, point guard to has be fair, Gillespie's been dozen. really, really good. To be fair, what? Gillespie's averaging 18, three and three on 46 percent from the floor. Yeah, okay. You, t- you know what? But I was told he's a winning player, and when it comes to winning time, aren't they six and two? I'm just saying, when it comes to winning time, he had Tiger Campbell taking his fucking lunch money. That's all I'm saying. When it comes down to winning time, Jaden Ivey literally busted this man's ass. Yeah. All I'm saying is he's not first team All-American, do all, everything. There's other players besides Colin Gillespie I'd rather have on my team. Yeah, for sure. No, I'm I'm always here for a Colin Gillespie victory lap. I just uh, I don't know that now's the time. I'm hoping they lose to Syracuse tonight. I did sprinkle a little Syracuse money line. We'll see what happens. Um, well, that's a bad play. Syracuse is not good. Yeah, but it's the whole zone thing. And I looked up some advanced numbers, hashtag research, and Villanova gives up a lot of threes. Syracuse has a lot of shooters. Like, I feel like this could be at least like a back and forth Buddy Beheim game. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you. I'm rooting against Colin Gillespie very actively. Uh, sadly, though, when I look at the other teams in the top 25, like Villanova, even though they've laid eggs in their big games, are kind of up there still. Like Duke. What the hell happened against Ohio State? And why does Paolo Bencaro get subbed out for cramps every damn game? I, I don't get that. Like, it what, loses seven pounds every single game? Like, what do, you, what, what do you mean? That sounds like an actual problem. Yeah, like, that sounds like a serious medical condition that someone needs to address. They're, they're over there talking about we should give him electrolytes and a Gatorade. No, nah, he needs an urgent care. Yeah, that's not like, oh, I'm – that's that's cute like he got cramps in the playoffs like lebron did that one time dope like yeah. if you need a graphic about that from espn your third game of your college career like something's wrong yeah. there like and and other michigan don't mean to bring that back up and open that wound but well looking uh, yeah. so here's the thing san diego state's not horrible oh they, here we go no I, let's just do it san diego state's not horrible they won that game by 20 nebraska at nebraska it's, nebraska's horrible they are horrible, but Nebraska and Nebraska is a dicey game. Nebraska no, no, just no, it's not. They're horrible. I mean, the line was only seven and a half, and Michigan yeah, won by forty. They should have. Nebraska's not good. 
look, I didn't watch a minute of this game because I was dealing with the high school debacle that I spoke to earlier. And then I was working with the sleepers podcast afterwards, but I heard that Brandon Johns had 16 points and a half today. Him and Terrence Williams were combined four for four from three in the first half. Look, I'm not expecting that to stick around, but like, if that happens ever, then all of a sudden Michigan is pretty good. Like the problem has been those two guys. The problem you know? is that's only going to happen when you're playing teams like Nebraska. Yeah, sure. Maybe. I don't know. I think Nebraska is the worst team in the big 10. I do too. But I like, I still think at Nebraska is like, you don't win that by 40 if you're not a good team. Okay. I guess so. I don't know. I well, I'll just say the jury's out. Like, yeah, that's probably going to come back to bite. This clip's going to come back to bite me in the ass when Michigan State goes there and loses, but whatever. No, if Nebraska or San Diego State were dicey games for Michigan, then I would hit the panic button. Like, when they were only up two at half against San Diego State, I was ready to sound the alarms and be like, this team's not good at all. But they pulled away, one by 20, Nebraska blowout. Like, things are starting to pick up for Michigan. Uh, let's, we're going to do an unscripted tomorrow that will come out after the Michigan State Minnesota game. But just quick commentary from you on Michigan State. Is there any sort of panic at all that like not a peak too early situation, but like Michigan state has looked really good, but they've looked really good against some fraudulent teams. Like that Butler win no longer looks good at all. Yeah. The Butler win doesn't look good at all. The Loyola win's still good. Loyola wins a good win. Uh, the Yukon one as well uh, is a good win. Uh, is the, the Yukon Law- win a good win? Yukon didn't you yes. lose to VCU? Who's horrible. They're, they're without two of their best players. Against VCU. Did they lose the VCU? I thought they did. Am I, I making that I up? I don't. I don't think they did. I think you're making that up. Uh, we're looking it up. We're looking it up. Okay, but at, but you know uh, the Baylor UConn game. won in we overtime. Over, they won in overtime. Okay. The the Baylor game we were overmatched. Uh, but you know we were in the game. But to be honest, like I'm happy with where Michigan State is right now because I still think there's a lot of players that we can still get something from, uh, i.e. a Tyson Walker. <clears throat> i.e. a Joey Hauser, please come outside, come to play with us. We'd love to have you, love to make you a Spartan dog. Uh, I still think that Cormac can really get in a groove. I don't think that he's this Cormac really... shit is so stupid. His name what? is Max Christie. No. Look at his birth certificate. What's it say on it? I just don't I, I don't I don't like that you're the only person on earth trying to make Cormac a thing. Like Cormac Ryan is an actual college basketball player who stinks. Okay. Anyways, Cormac, Big Ten, Big Ten freshman of the Yeet, the week Cormac, by the way, just so you know. Big Ten freshman of the Yeet. Yeah, the Yeet. <laughs> no, but I, I still think there's another level that this Michigan State team can kind of get into. I wish things were a little more figured out at this point. I still think there are some issues as far as the PG play. Uh, but, wait, 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 hold on, card. Not to interrupt, but ESPN's about to air the Jim Valvano speech, and I just want to watch it for a second. Just give me a second. All right, Greg. Oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll cut that and we'll cut back. I just really wanted that. No, but uh, all sorry, in you were, all, you, like, were, you you were saying about Michigan State cart. What was all that? in all, I am all in all, I am very I am happy with where Michigan State is right now. Okay. I think that's fair. They've they've played great. That's where I'm kind of heading though. Like did they peak a little too early? Have they really played anybody? You yet? love playing the peak too early card when it's not in your favor. Oh. When we're saying that when we're bad, when we're talking about Izzo and March. You never want to buy in. Don't be oh. flip flopping. Pick a side. 
I don't know. I'm just saying, okay, let's, let's do a very, actually, no, I was going to say, let's have a Tyson Walker dialogue, but we'll save that for unscripted because I know you have thoughts and I definitely have thoughts. So I do uh, little teaser on that. All right. Uh, so we've accepted at this point, we don't think anybody's great, maybe some good teams, but like nobody in the country is great except for Purdue. Yeah. I think Purdue is the great team. I think Purdue's on tier one. And I think the rest of the team is kind of falling on other tiers. Um, but I do want to ask you before we move on to the interview portion, who do you think is the biggest threat to Purdue at this point right now? If you're, let's say we're, it's the championship game, who does Purdue not want to see? Gonzaga. Diaz Gonzaga? Yeah, I think, well, I guess I have two answers to this question. It's the team that just beat Gonzaga and Gonzaga. I think it's Gonzaga and Alabama. That's what I was going to say. I weird. Wait, actually, no, I was going to say. Baylor in Alabama. I don't think Baylor's as good as Michigan State made them look. And that's no shots at Michigan State. Like, I just think Baylor played really well that game and State was gassed at the end of a really good tournament run. Like, I I don't think Baylor's a top five team. I think they're a top 10-ish team. But, like, I don't think Baylor's that good. As much as we like Kendall Brown, I don't think okay. Matthew Mayer is the second best player on a top five team. Are you out, Are you out on UCLA as well? I mean, other teams have to be top five, so UCLA might, like, sneak up there for me, but I am out on them in general. I think, like, when you talk about the who does Purdue not want to face question to me, Gonzaga is the obvious answer because, like, any given night, Timmy legitimately can win any game he wants. Like, I'm done pretending Drew Timmy isn't what he is. Like, he's the best player in college basketball. Um, Yeah, look, I'll call it like I see it, and Timmy's a monster. Now – Chet to me is another guy who has not gotten where he should get this year. And I still want to take Chet Holmgren first if the Pistons get the opportunity. Um, but that front court to me, like could definitely hang with uh, Zach Eady and Travion, probably the only front court that could pose problems for those two. And then even though Gonzaga's wings looked a little scared in that game against Alabama, like Julian Strother was horrible and just like afraid of contact and like, I was also kind of laughing because as good as Rasir Bolton's been, I realized like he's still Rasir Bolton. <laughs> and like, <laughs> that's like one of Gonzaga's key players this year. Like that's a little problematic for a team that's supposed to be the best team in the country. Yes. So I don't know. I, to me, like the one team to keep an eye on is Bama because just how they beat Gonzaga, their recipe is literally Baylor's recipe from last year. Like mm-hmm. space out Jaden Shackelford, Javon Quinterly, JD Davison. And no one can guard those three in the country. Yeah, true. But I also, right now, I still think Gonzaga is better than Bama. I do too. Like, I think if they play, I think in I think in that game, Gonzaga just shot themselves in the foot so much. And whether you want to attribute that to them being out at at like athletic athleticism factor or them just kind of being out tough. I honestly think it was just pure mental lapses and moments where you can't have them. Like they cut that game to like four points and they're about to like get over the hump to get, you know, win that game. And like Rasir Bolton just throws it away or Anton Watson throws it away, a missed layup by somebody. And then, you know, Bama gets out in transition and JD Davison dunks or Jaden Shackelford shoots a three. And that just absolutely sucks the life out of everything you just had. So I think it's very fixable mental mistakes um, I still think Gonzaga is like that next up team to get on that tier one, but they're still not on tier one with Purdue right now. Yeah. I think that's a really good way to frame that. Honestly, I think the way Gonzaga plays 
is susceptible to what happened in the Alabama game. Like they want a very up and down kind of wild. We're just going to outscore you game. And like, if they make some mistakes, because this Gonzaga team is not flawless. They don't have Jalen Suggs like they did last year, last year. Like you could feel pretty confident that between Nemhard and Suggs and Kispert, those dudes were not going to make mistakes this year. Oh, damn, that team was good. <laughs> so good. And this year it's Rasir Bolton and Julian Strother. And we saw like those guys as good as they can shoot it are a little more mistake prone. Now to me, what's interesting about Bama is that to take a phrase from Mel Tucker, <laughs> that type of game is the deep water for Bama. Yeah. Like they want chaos they want up and down craziness they want their guards to just be better than anybody else you've got and i think they do have the best guards in the country so like when i picture i feel like only in big game settings that can happen to gonzaga where they get sped up like that's not going to happen in spokane that's not going to happen on like a random night in the whack like or wcc or whatever it is but like ncaa tournament time bright lights final four that could happen. And to me, Bama would be the most comfortable in that setting. I don't think Purdue is going to be put into, into a game like that. If you think about yeah. it, like who's mm-hmm. Purdue played UNC and Villanova. Mm-hmm. We don't really think too highly of either of those teams. The big Ten's pretty down this year and it's slow paced. Like true. At least the UNC is pretty up-tempo and they, yeah. they try to be, um, but Caleb love would be the fourth best guard on Bama though. Huh? Caleb love would be the fourth best guard on Alabama though. No, I think he's better than Shackleford. Shackleford's their best guard. I don't think he's their best guard either. I think Quinley's their best guard. You didn't? Did you? You didn't watch the Gonzaga Bama game, did you? Uh, no, I did. I mean, I saw that. Like he got hot. That was his game. But I think Quinley is the best guard on that team. Oh, I think you're crazy for that one. Shackleford's so good. Yeah, no, Shackleford is good, but I, I think that he's twenty. What's okay? But like Quinley does a lot too. You know what I'm saying? Like. Passing and shit like that. What are what are Quinterly's numbers? Shackelford's 19, 7, and 2 assists. Quinterly's 15 and 4 assists. Okay, well, maybe Shackelford is but I'm personally taking Quinterly. Okay. Just so you know. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, I just think that, like I said, I still think Gonzag is that team that's gonna get on that first tier. And I'd be interested to know, obviously, up until this point, something's going in practice or something few seeing that he doesn't really believe in Hunter Salas yet and Nolan Hickman. But I think that Nolan Hickman and Hunter Salas are better options than Rasir Bolton and Julian Strother. Obviously what Rasir brings is being there and done it before few probably loves having him out there. Uh, and he can do some things, but he, like you said, at the end of the day, he's Rasir know, Bolton. He's Rasir Bolton. Like, <laughs> that's, that is what it is. I think Nolan Hickman eventually will step into that role hopefully. And, Maybe Hunter Salas becomes, you know, the five. I mean, those are two five-star guys right there. So, yeah, like you can't get mad at Nickelback for being Nickelback. You know what I mean? Like, just to throw that out there, a little change of subject. I mean, I get mad at the Beatles for being the Beatles all the time. (laughs) That's true. But like, at the end of the day, like, Rasir Bolton's going to be Rasir Bolton. He is what he is. And at the end of the day, and at the end of the day, the Beatles fucking stink. (laughs) All right. On that note, uh. I almost said we have Rasir Bolton for you here. Uh, no, we have Rafael Davis, Purdue player turned fan. Actually, he's probably a fan first. Fan turned recruit, turned player, turned fan, turned analyst. Mm-hmm. Uh, guy who really knows the game. And to me, the one thing that stood out was how much he cares about Purdue. Like, 
we've interviewed a bunch of guys, not to name names, but um, I don't feel like that always is the case or even to an extent, like maybe it's a little fake love for their former program. Like this dude lives and breathes Purdue basketball. So it was fun talking to him. And uh, I think he swung me at least I'm in on Purdue as the best team in the country. Same here. So let's get to it. Sir. All right, it's long overdue that the sleepers gave the Purdue Boilermakers their praise, and what better time to finally do so than their first ever official number one ranking in the AP poll. And to celebrate that, we had to get maybe the leading voice of the Boilermaker fan base, Rafael Davis, former Purdue player turned Big Ten Network analyst. Rafael, thank you so much for being here, man. I oh, no, appreciate you guys having me. How's it, how's it feel to be the alum of the current number one team in the country? Because I cause I, I follow you on Twitter and I followed you a bit, and I know you've been saying, you've been telling people that Purdue is the best team in the country. Now they actually are. I, you, you taking some victory laps? How you feeling? I, I want a statement from you on this. Nah, I mean – I've, I've been saying it, so I've been felt that way. So I don't really feel a big difference because I, I've been felt the way that I felt about the team and paint for a while. So I'm not really like overly um, blown away by it. But no, nah, it is super, um, it's super cool. But it also made me reflect a lot, just kind of about the past teams, because it's been some really good teams to come through Purdue. Like, I mean, even just recently, as like, I mean. I think Vincent, those PJ and Dakota's team was mm-hmm. second or third for like a month. And then if they win, if they win the same week Villanova loses to Butler, they become number one. So they've been close. And I think like Robbie and those dudes beat Ohio State when they was two. So like, but it is, it is real good. And I'm glad Paint is starting to get the respect kind of that. He deserved because my sophomore year, we were last place in the Big Ten. So a lot of schools probably would have done away with a coach or did a lot of things and Payne just stuck with it. Yeah, I feel like when I think of the Purdue program under Matt Painter, it almost feels like there's been like different eras one by one, but there's striking similarities to me. Mm-hmm. Like it seems like Painter, the, the type of guys he goes after from a recruiting standpoint, at least what has turned into this team that has become monstrous, like built around just a mammoth center with some pretty dynamic guards, some elite shooting wings, a very unselfish team that moves the ball. Like all in all to me, I feel like I've seen this Purdue team before, except Mm -hmm. this is maybe the most fully realized version of it. Uh, And I think you're right. Painter deserves a ton of credit for it, but um, I do want to just ask you. So like, you, you talked about you kind of coming in at the end of the Robbie Hummel era, right? And you guys had a couple down years at the start. And then by the time you left, Purdue's back to being competitive in Big Ten play and on a national scale again. How different do you think the team and the product that's put on the floor right now is compared to what Painter was trying to build when you were there? Is it exactly the same or has it really evolved? Uh, for, well... From well, when I first got there, I really, I guess, didn't understand what he was trying to put together just because being a freshman, you don't pay attention to certain things. But by the time I left, I mean, we turned it around. We were last place. We were last place my sophomore year. Then that junior year, we had the five freshmen come in. 
So you can kind of see it with that group. I mean, you got a steady point guard with PJ. I mean, Isaiah's brother. And then you got a sh- just a knockdown shooter, defender in Dakota, kind of similar to Sasha. Mm-hmm. You just kind of got your Swiss Army knife with Vince, a little similar to Caleb. Caleb just a little bigger. Vince was a little more skilled on the wing. And then you had Isaac. I mean, kind of, I mean, Zach, it kind of fits the same <laughs> mold. I mean, even if you look back further, you got Lewis Jackson. I mean, doesn't turn the ball over. May not have been a, like a knockdown shooter, but you got Ryan Smith. You had Etwan Moore, scoring guard like Jaden. You had Robbie at the four. You had Jawan was still seven foot. So, you know what I mean? So it's still, Payne has this kind of, um, I like to say a formula. And when he gets the right guys into that formula, they win some games. Yeah, I'm a, we struggle. I know, we struggle I, 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 getting guys. My bad, but we struggle getting guys to fit that mix. My first two years, I know, like my first, my first year, I played the four. Like <laughs> my freshman year, I was guarding Derek Nix on the block. <laughs> so like that's what I played when I came in. So we just didn't have that that type. I mean, you think about it. I'm starting the four, and that was Robbie Hummel's position. And that's yeah. when I was starting to end the season. I'm 6'4". So we just didn't really find a formula until we got it right when those five freshmen came in. And we yeah. fixed and the locker room and stuff like that. Like like you said, that's credit to Paint, though. Like, he knows his formula. He's going to, you know, stick to it. I know you you mentioned that he doesn't really get the respect that he deserves as a coach. Now, me and Greg, you know, we're Big Ten basketball fans. So we know all about what Coach Painter's about. We know what playing in Mackey is like. I as a Michigan State basketball fan, there's nothing I fear more than watching my team play in Mackey. Kind of talk about what's it like just playing in that environment and what it is about Mackey that it just makes it hard for teams to come in there and win. It's an environment where the fans, they don't care about really – I mean, they care about if you win, obviously, but as far as the game, they just want to see you play hard. So they don't need like a – they don't need like a breakaway dunk or like a – you get the same reaction from a five-second dive on the floor <clears throat> than you would dunking on somebody. So when you're in an arena like that, if you're not the – say you're not the leading scorer, you're not one of the top five guys, whatever, you're the seventh man off the bench, you're going to get a standing ovation if you just go play hard for five minutes. So the players know that, the players understand that, and then the opposing team is just the way the court is built in the way um, – other courts in the Big Ten are built now more pro style. It's still kind of a on on top of you dome feeling, and the fans just appreciate good basketball. So, rather you're up ten, down ten, as long as you playing the right way, Purdue fans are going to reward you with cheers. Carter, I am having a memory that I need you to tell me if this is actually true or if I'm making this up. Didn't I say like last year maybe? that I would take Matt Painter over any other coach in the big 10. And you gave me some shit for that. Uh, no, I did because you had told me all this hoopla about Jawan and whatnot. And, you know, at the time I personally was taking Tom Izzo cause I'm always going to ride for my guy, but you did make that statement. I will give you credit for that. And I mean, I see it. I'm a big painter fan, but okay. So I want to talk about just as he now has the number one team in the country, right? This is a team that now I think has gone from a team people were excited for in the mix with like Michigan, Illinois preseason to like, people would be shocked at this point if Purdue doesn't end up winning the big 10, not to put pressure on them, but like, that's just Mm -hmm. the state of things with how the big 10 is right now. At the same time, as good as these Purdue teams have been, 
Painter has not yet gotten over the hump to a Final Four. And if you look back historically, this is kind of reminding me of the pads of like a Jay Wright at Villanova, who had a ton of really good teams, but for whatever reason, hadn't had that moment. Then all of a sudden he does it once, and now his program is the best of the best. Do you think, like from your standpoint, someone that played in the program and now you're watching it, is it purely just like luck that hasn't gotten Matt Painter over that hump? And once it happens, like, do you think he'll get the respect he deserves up there with a Tony Bennett, with a Jay Wright? I don't know about luck, but I mean, if they get a rebound against Virginia or, or make a free throw, they go to Final Four. So I don't know, because I mean, you get a coach, say a coach has 19 losing seasons and goes to the Final Four once. Is he a great coach? So I mean, like I don't, I don't know if I put a lot into. I'm not one of those guys that makes or breaks you by the Final Four, I guess, because I mean, like I said, you could have a year, you could have a run, you could have a great team, you could have great players. Because do the players still get the? I don't know if all the players that get the coaches to the run get the respect that that coach gets. So I don't, I don't know, but I would say because this year, Payne is kind of getting the respect to that level. Mm-hmm. But I also think in the state of Indiana, I mean. Media-wide, IU has kind of controlled things for a long while. And so that's always kind of had Purdue in the background. Even when you think about, although Purdue's had winning seasons or whatever, but before the last few years, you had, I mean, you had draft picks out of there. You had, they were winning the Big Ten too. So, I mean, you had Mr. Basketball's going to IU. Now it's kind of shifted to Purdue. So I would say, I mean, hope, I mean, I wish, I mean, I want them to get to a Final Four and win a championship, but. I think the run they had, the because, I mean, the run they had with Carson in the Elite Eight, what they did with that team, gave them a lot of respect. But, I mean, also, you look back to 2000, was that 2010 or 2011? I mean, Robbie tears his ACL when they're, like, third in the country at the end of the season. So, some things just don't go your way, but I think this is a great year to kind of get there. Because, I mean, looking at practice, I was at practice today. So, looking at practice and kind of, seeing how they're approaching things. I don't think anybody there cares that they're number one in the country. Definitely. So you said that you were at practice today. And I mean, like Greg mentioned earlier, like this team has weapons. You got Jay Ivey, Travion Williams, Zach Eady's having a breakout year that some people saw coming. Greg, just so you know, try to tell you. Uh, you did. You did. What, what, what is like the, 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 I don't even know the word you like the lynch point for this team. Like what is going to be help this team reach a ceiling? Cause you have so many pieces and right now they're playing so well together. I think that was, that's what makes Purdue really great right now is that they have guys who are excelling in their roles, but is Jaden Ivy the main piece? I mean, he's might be the best player, but is he what this team needs to kind of get over that hump and, you know, make that championship run? I don't know, man, because, I mean, he's, I mean, a very important piece. Like, I mean, he's the guy. I mean, but you also got, like, five guys. Like, Travion's All-American last year, Big Ten. Like, I mean, Big Ten. I mean, he's first team Big Ten preseason, whatever, too. I mean, Zach is probably the best true center in the country at this point. And then, I mean, Sasha can get you 20 off of four or five threes and some free throws any game. So, I mean, you got a few guys that can kind of really kind of help. And I think that's really what's key about this team is that, like, if Sasha's not playing well, Brandon Newman can come in and get you 15 and kind of win a game for you. But Jaden, I think his energy and his passion 
and kind of the things that's not in the box score really helped this team and really kind of get him over the hump emotionally. Because, I mean, he could have a game where, I mean, he's they've had games where he's had eight or less points and they won by 30 against good teams. So, I mean, because you got, I mean, even we were talking about it today, PJ and I, Travion could have seven, but you look like, you look, look at like the best game he's played, he may have 14 rebounds, six assists. And so sometimes it's just not your night. And that's one thing, paint. And that's why it's easy, too, for, you know, a big thing is how you keep the guys happy with the minutes. But paint really preaches each night it's going to be a different guy to win us a game. Mm-hmm. So when you getting taught that, you get preached that after every game, you just never know when your moment is, especially the guys that's like Isaiah and Eric Hunter are splitting minutes. So it's like you just never know which one of you are going to play 27 that night. So yeah. it helps it helps with having depth. I think the depth is what kind of got them over the hump with Villanova, just wore Villanova out, just throwing different bodies in there. But Jaden, I mean, he's a top five draft pick. So I mean, you always know we need talent. Yeah. Jaden Ward Gillespie ass out. But go ahead, Greg. Oh, yeah. He Jaden is just Jaden. I mean, even looking at him today, he's bigger than what you see, kind of three, like he's bigger than what you think. And then he's like, I saw him in high school in person play he played we played for the same AU organization so the way he's filled his body out and just seeing him today how fast he is like it's just that part is just unbelievable like the way he can just shoot a shoot a pass a lane and just change the game with like a momentum dunk that's sick when you see that live Mm -hmm. but I mean Zach is just like a massive human being I mean Zach is Huge. And then when you get next to Caleb, you realize Caleb is 6'10, six, 6'11. Six, six, but Caleb's not 6'8, six, 6'9. Six, so Caleb's right eye to eye with Trevion, a little bit maybe taller. So Purdue is just so, you're talking about that too. They're so big and long <laughs> that, I mean, Isaiah's 6'1, maybe. And then everybody else is 6'3. They go 6'6, 6'6, 6'6, 7 foot. So it's like, their size and depth is kind of really going to help them. Yeah, I was saying preseason, and I could not have been more wrong, but my take was that Michigan would be the deepest team in the country with all these McDonald's All-Americans they brought in, with uh, Devontae Jones coming in, with Hunter Dickinson, Brandon Johns, Terrence Williams. Like I just thought they were going to have nine guys that on any given night could go off. And instead, mm-hmm. like they're, str- they're playing well against Nebraska right now, but like on the season, like they have a lot of guys that don't look like they're ready. And then I watched right. Purdue, and it's like, this is nine different guys that could start on any Big Ten team any given night. Yeah. And I think to your point, like, the chemistry seems like it's the most special part. Like, everybody knows the whole Travion Williams story. Like, how many times has a preseason All-American ever moved to the bench? And how many times has that actually gone well, where the team benefited from it and the player benefited from it? It's crazy to me to watch that play out. Um, so we, we were at Big Ten Media Day, and we did this little game where we would pull players from teams aside and asked them some rapid fire questions. And we had one that was specifically asked because of Purdue. And we wanted to get the answers from the guys from Purdue that were there. We asked people to on the team to tell us who the best player on their own team was. And that's because I wanted to hear what did like, were Purdue going to say Jaden Ivey? Were they going to say Travion Williams? And now at this point, I honestly think you could say Zach Eady, and I would buy that answer. So I'm going to put you on the spot here. Rank Zach Eady, Travion Williams, and Jaden Ivey as college players right now, one through three? I don't know if you can. 
I mean, because they all do they all do things differently. I mean, for me, okay. I let's guess let's you, reframe it. If you had to, if you had to take one of them one by one to build the team around, or like to be your first guy you're building a roster with, how would you go about that with Edie Williams and Ivy? With me, I always look at production. So I, I kind of, I mean, the skill is one thing, but it's kind of how productive are you? And they like. Trevi only plays 20 minutes. I mean, I might go Zach just because you can't really teach size and skill and the way he can move. And he's shooting over 65% from the field. But it's tough to go against Jaden. I mean, he's a top five draft pick. Because, I mean, if this is like back in the day, I mean, Zach may get to be a top draft pick as well. If this is Yao Ming's era. And then Travion's probably the most skilled out of all of them when you think about just pure just skill with the basketball on his hands. I don't know. I mean, Jay, if Jaden shoots it the way he's been shooting it, I would say Jaden. And then I would, um, I mean, Travion, Zach, I mean, it's the same to me. They bring the, they bring exactly what you want. I mean, it reminds me a lot of um, AJ and Isaac. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a, like AJ was preseason to come in. I think he was preseason big, all big 10 or whatever. And then he, Zach, I mean, Isaac started. So it's kind of the same situation there. But I mean, because Zach just moves better than Isaac on the ball screen to me, just because I didn't like Isaac <laughs> on the ball screen. But, but no, to see, um, to see those three guys be able to play together, like you were saying, the chemistry everybody has, they have a good locker room. They have a good team it doesn't seem it doesn't seem like an infighting type of thing where anybody's jealous anybody's mad like today practice is competitive so I mean it feels like every day you can lose your spot and I think that even I mean you think about it Zach and Travion are competing for the same spot so I think they both feel that way and I mean they I mean so those top three guys I mean because Sasha could be in that bunch too because, I mean, Jaden could be that explosive and have those two great bigs. But, I mean, I had – I played with Biggie and AJ, and they were draft picks, and we didn't have the court spacing that this team has. So, if Sasha and Isaiah aren't making shots, it's a whole different team. So, I think they they all play a real big role in it. It's a great problem to have. That's why Purdue's so damn good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just, they just spaced the – I mean, they got four or five guys that shoot over four that could shoot it over forty percent. When you think about it, and Brendan Newman doesn't need, like you see it today, he doesn't need many shots and he doesn't need many minutes to put it up and score. So you got like firecrackers off the bench that could just come in and score. And then I said it earlier in the season that Sasha was the best shooter in the league, and I mean, he's kind of sticking to it a little bit. So. When you add that type of shooting with Jaden's type of explosiveness and then you can't double the post because Travion, I think he gets more excited about getting the greatest assist than he does making a good move. So it's one of those things where it's, I mean, they, they, they got it. It's solid. Yeah, you tried to tell me in green room last year, and I remember rolling my eyes and being like, man, I loved watching Rayfeld Davis, but this man's out of his mind with how much he's <laughs> believing in Jaden Ivey right now. And, Man, every time I've watched Purdue this year, I've thought of you because I'm like, damn, he nailed this shit a year before. Oh, yeah. He was 17, (laughs) and I told everybody I knew he was a pro. Like, you just can't – 
Because even when he, he was skinny, like it was, I mean, I'm not comparing him to John Wall, but like that type of speed with the ball yeah. in your hands. And then once I saw his body start to fill out, it was just one of those moments where I know how paint teaches the game. And with his type of athleticism, he just needed the game to slow down. Yeah. And you could see it last year, right when the game started to slow down and feel how long he's, he, I like you, like you see guys go to college and play ball, but then you see guys go to college and love playing ball. Like he loved basketball. So you see kind of the energy he plays with. He's got a lot of different, <laughs> a lot of different ways he can go about playing. Yeah. And I'm excited to see big 10 fans get more exposed to him too, because I feel like right now, more than any other really dynamic guard that I remember from the last decade, I think everyone loves Jaden Ivey. And part of that's just because he's so fun to watch. He's explosive, all the things you said. But, like, when he starts giving all their fans' teams his problems, like, I'm excited to see if this starts turning to damn the same way it does with a lot of the past Big Ten guards have been really good. And he's a good he's a good kid. Like, just yeah. – um, not a good kid. You're a good young man or whatever you want to say. Like, he seems like he handles his business. He, he loves the game. He takes care and he plays the game the right way. People enjoy to be around him. So, I mean, I hope things work out for him. Yeah. But yeah, the Big Ten, he reminds me a lot of uh, like Oladipo's athleticism when Oladipo was in the league, just Mm -hmm. how he can get up and down the floor and jump. I mean, Mm -hmm. even just a little more polished on the offensive end. So, he'd be excited. (laughs) And it'd be excited to see him. I'll find, I mean, like him and Corbello, whatever, go at it. I mean, the Michigan guards go at it. But after watching Illinois last night, those guards, those would be some fun fun games to see. 100%. All right, so I know we got to get you out of here in just a minute. I want to put you through two quick rapid-fire questions here. So Big Ten Network, your new job. Congrats on that, by the way. You've been killing it. Anytime I've seen you on there, you're doing your thing. You probably have to be a little politically correct on the network. On the Sleepers podcast, you don't have to be. So I'm just I'm prefacing this with this. I'm going to give you the name of some Big Ten schools. Give me one word that comes to mind when I say that name. Okay? Mm-hmm. Let's start with Michigan State. Uh, I don't like Michigan State. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't like Michigan State. That's my um, – I just don't like – I mean, I love Izzo. Izzo's a great dude. Like, I grew up with Gary Harris, great dude, great, great family. Gary Harris' dad and mom, unbelievable people. Like, Aaron, Aaron Harris, like – I mean, my dad grew up together. I mean, well, his dad and my dad grew up together in Indianapolis. So I, the guys are cool, but just it's just something about people when they go to Michigan State. They're like, they change when they get there. They become, like, tough. Like, they just start smacking the floor for no wait, reason. Wait, wait, wait. Are, are we talking about a little fake toughness with the slap? Are we, so, are we, are we using the fake tough guy word? No, Illinois, <laughs> Michigan State has had some real tough guys come through the program, but – with those tough, you kind of get one or two on the roster each year, like a real tough guy. Yeah. But then you get like guys that get attracted to that tough life. And <laughs> it's just not real believable sometimes. Hard, I know you so got yeah, some names coming to mind. I know, especially you when I play. Like when I was there, like, come on, man. I kind of got, got some nice guys on my team. Like, those are nice guys, nice families, nice parents. I mean, I'm a nice guy. I mean, not everybody got to be, like, tough and rough and from the street. So, but All right. I uh, I wasn't expecting that for Michigan State. Now, yeah, now, Michigan no, now State I'm excited for this answer because I've heard you say one about this school. Let's go to Michigan. Michigan. I'm no disrespect. 
That's funny, but no disrespect to Michigan. I, when I played, Jawan Howard wasn't the coach. He's changed the program. It's, I mean, no disrespect to the previous coach, but it was always one of those things that you just hit Michigan there and stop playing. And that was always my game plan to go when I played Michigan. I'm not calling them soft, but <laughs> if you hit them sometimes, it, it could, like, well, it depends. Because when Mitch was there, that wasn't really going down to that point. You had Mitch, you had um, Morgan coming off the bench. And, I mean, that was a tougher team. But then they got more skilled and more finesse. And a couple down years after that, the, the Cam Chapman era was not not pretty for Michigan. Fans. Yeah, we could we could really – Michigan was a little – I don't know what I said previously, but they were the soft. Yeah, hey, not not much has changed with the change in the coach. I'm just saying, if you look hard enough, uh, it might still look the same. He's got to put a little extra spit shine on it. But go ahead, G. Yeah. All right, we'll we'll wrap with one more. Purdue's rival, Indiana. I wouldn't even call it a rivalry anymore at this point, man. Oh. I, mean, I don't think they. My senior year, we lost in Bloomington, but it was a bad goaltending call. So I'm not counting that in this. It was a bad goaltending call. Who? Outside of that game, I don't – it may have been 2013 when we lost to IU. I'm thinking about 19 years ago. So I would say little brother. My big brother and my big sister actually graduated from IU too. So, I mean, I would call them little brother at this point. I mean, I hope wow. they can get – I hope it becomes more competitive. But it just hasn't been competitive in the previous year. I mean, even when – I mean, my freshman year, they – beat the shit out of us I mean they had a really good team but before before that it really wasn't that competitive since Payne's been there but it's fun to go to Bloomington after the game we don't eat that great after the IU game when we're <laughs> in Bloomington. win or lose I think we get McDonald's or some shit but it's always a fun trip <laughs> oh my god I love it um oh, all right the very final question then we'll get you out of here if you had to build a Purdue starting five, you could put yourself in it. You could not, but man, they've had dudes, Carson Edwards, Robbie Hummel, Etwan Moore, Jawan Johnson, all them dudes, everybody from the last decade. What five are you rolling out to go win a game? I'm going to give you two. I'm going to give you my favorite five from a fan, and then I'm going to give you my five to win a game. Okay. From a fan, because I committed, I committed to Purdue in 2010. I was a freshman in high school. So I had four years of high school to be a fan, and then I got to go. And uh, But favorites, I will go Big Dog. I'm going to go Etwan. I'm going to go AJ. I'm going to go Lewis Jackson. Ooh. Need a shooter. I'm going Dakota. Wow. Dias. No, no, no. I'm going Rob. I'm tripping. I'm going Robbie Hummel. Yeah, I love Dakota. I'm going Robbie Hummel. So, Robbie, Big Dog, Etwan, AJ, and Lou. I guess those are my – I mean, I said Big Dog. Yeah, those are my favorite to see. To win a game, I'm going Lou, me. No, I love Lou. <laughs> Lou for pure toughness, though. Like, Lou is a dog. Yeah, that's a tough backcourt. If like, it's you and Lou, that's a tough backcourt. Yeah. <laughs> but we need some – I got to be honest. We need somebody that can shoot to space the floor. But Etwan shot 40% from three. I'm going Etwan. You giving him Lou's spot or are you giving him your spot? 
ain't figured that out yet. I put Etwan in there. I put you gotta throw yourself out there. there if you want to win, right? Yeah, I'm putting myself out there. I don't really, I mean, I don't care if I'm the weakest link. I'm going big dog, and I'm still going AJ. Nobody, people don't realize how good AJ, like, really. AJ never really, like, worked on his game outside of practice. And he just was, just walk, he just was walking that good. And I've known him since we were, like, 12. So, you got eight, like, he would shoot free throws with his left hand sometimes. He'd be like, I'm tired, and just start shooting free throws with his left hand. Like, if you got to play horse with him, like, he beat you for an hour straight. Wow. Then you got, yeah, I, like Paint said that one time, and then I thought about it. Yeah, he, like he won't lose a horse game. And then, yeah, so I might keep I keep big big dog in there, Etwan, me. I'm going Lou. I'm gonna ride with Lou. Wow. Just because not a lot of guards are gonna be able to score. And, yeah. And we're just gonna throw it to AJ and Big Dog. Really, Etwan just got to make shots. That's tough. I like it. Card I think, I'm taking, you I think, I'm, taking, I think I'm taking your win the game lineup if I had to pick between those two teams. The two good, yeah, two good matchups, but I'm taking the win. The I didn't lineup put Rick win. Mount in there. You got Rick Mount. You still got Joe Barry Carroll, who was a top pick. You still got the three amigos. I mean, you got some guys. Robbie, J. I mean, JJ was player of the year in the Big Ten. No Carson so, Edwards yeah. love there. Yeah, I love Carson. I love Carson. But I just was riding with Etwan. Etwan was my Etwan was my favorite player group, like just as a fan. Yeah. So I just gotta ride with Etwan. But I Carson, I, I mean Carson's, I think, the sleepers collective favorite Purdue player. Oh, yeah, bro. Wrist, wrist tape yeah. wonders. But also Etwan used to give me nightmares too with that big ass under t-shirt he wore. He was a bucket. Yeah, you watch like Etwan gaming. Like I was at Etwan's game against Ohio State when they were two and you gave him 35 or something like that. Like yeah, I was just like a little kid as a fan in those moments. So <laughs> that's what I'm gonna say. But Carson, I mean Carson, I was a saint. I, I hosted Carson on his visit, so we had open gym. I'm just give it to him here, shoot it. He shoot the ball from like half court. He's in high school, like he got to. He started pissing Dakota and PJ off just because <laughs> he was killing them. So Carson's an animal. So if you take me out, I will replace me with Carson. But then him and my bad, I'm getting long winded. Him and Etwan might fight after the game because they don't <laughs> I pay to see that, man. I pay to see that. Hey, the word that comes to mind for me with Purdue players, honestly, as you're going through all these dudes, killers. Like y'all have yeah, had straight up. tough dudes, just uh, the mental killers. I swear yep. to God. So, and it's cool. It's really dope talking to you for real because, like, you can tell how much you love the program. And, like, right. from talking to other players, it's not always like that. So, to see someone yeah. who's doing what you're doing, I think it's awesome, man. I wish you the best of luck over on Big Ten Net. And thank you for real for doing this. This was a blast. Oh, no, I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Appreciate you.